Parks Magic for One is a podcast for all solo Walt Disney World travelers. We'll chat about my trips to the parks, discuss important considerations as a solo traveler, and share resources and tips for your next visit. Check out parksmagicforone.life for links to podcast episodes, as well as other exclusive resources to help plan your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, episode 31. Today's podcast is post one of the WDW of the Past series. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Hall WDW and visit parksmagicforone.life for episode listings and other great content. Of course, all opinions expressed are my own and Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Hey everybody, this is Eric and welcome to Parks Magic for One where we talk about everything Disney World related and solo traveler specific. I don't think that's going to be the new tagline. I don't like it. I tried it. It doesn't work. We'll give it another shot next time. Hey, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, If you're listening to this on Monday, uh, happy Monday. And uh, everybody adjusting to your new normal, um, maybe. (laughs) Uh, It's definitely going to be a new normal for um, the foreseeable future, it looks like. And I'm kind of getting getting better with it, Um, you know, trying to... Uh, not go out as much as I can, and um, yeah, you f- you really figure out what your needs are versus your wants are, right? This is definitely a time when you uh, when you start to prioritize and think a little bit more about what it is that you absolutely need when you leave the house versus just leaving the house to leave the house for leaving the house's sake. But I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I know, you know, eventually, I think all of us are going to be affected probably more closely than we want to in one way shape or form Um, and uh, I just hope everybody's staying healthy and safe and taking care of family and encouraging them to do uh, to do all the things that we're supposed to be doing so with that we'll go ahead and uh, move into the new series Uh, this is going to be six episodes long so a little bit longer than some of the ones in the past and the whole idea is to look back on uh, Disney World of the past I figured with all the parks being closed, might be a nice time to go back and talk about some of the the pieces of the Disney parks and resorts that um, we we liked, um, that I liked anyway. Like I've said before, I've been visiting the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida since the early 80s. Uh, I, uh, I, we were there either the year that Epcot was, uh, was built or finished being built uh, or the year right after that. Um, I'm not quite sure I'd have to go back and look at some of those pictures, but, um, yeah, so been going a long time and, you know, it's interesting to, to listen to a lot of the, a lot of the YouTubers and, uh, vloggers of, of right now. I mean, there weren't YouTubers five years ago even, but, um, you know, a lot of them are, are younger, <clears throat> um, just because that's sort of the social media generation, I guess. Um, and to hear them talk about some of the things that are old in quotation marks to them uh, versus some of the things that we're going to talk about here today, which are really old. Um, it's kind of kind of humbling, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I like talking about some of the um, some of the old attractions and shows that were in the parks. Uh, I will say for whatever it's worth, this series is probably going to be less solo traveler specific uh, than some of the others. We're just going to kind of have fun and talk about some things. Um, I had to rearrange a little bit as far as episodes go since uh, my trip in May is likely not going to happen. Uh, and and so <clears throat> I kind of rearranged some things and I thought we'd talk about this here for the next, um, next few weeks. So 
Anyway, uh, we've got it organized by park, and so uh, we'll start off with Magic Kingdom. Uh, next episode will be Epcot, then Hollywood Studios, then Animal Kingdom. Then we'll talk about some of the things in the past from Disney Springs, and then talk about uh, the resorts a little bit and some of the things that have changed in those resorts. So it's kind of a top, maybe a top five-ish list um, that we'll talk through, and and I'll give you my thoughts about some of the, the old attractions and shows that I miss, or at least... Um, uh, have fond memories of anyway uh, in, in each park and uh, and you do the same uh, reach out to me on social media and um, uh, several of you are really good about that and I always appreciate uh, waking up to a message or going to bed to a message and um, hearing a little bit about your thoughts about Disney t- as well um, so yeah so here we go so we're going to start with Magic Kingdom and um, I'm just going to kind of go through here. I have sort of an alphabetical listing of some of the some of the old um, some of the old things. I'm just going to kind of go through, maybe not alphabetically, but at least things that um, kind of stick out to me. Again, sort of a top five of Eric's um, favorites from the past, if you will. So the first one that I'm going to start off with uh, is in Fantasyland, and it is Snow White's Scary Adventures. Um, now this ride still exists in Disneyland, I believe, um, and it's it's a little bit different now. It's just called Snow White's Adventures. I believe they took the scary out because it was a little scary uh, and they refurbished it at some point even in Disney World because um, people were were um, little kids were getting a little bit freaked out by some of the um, some of the ride being a little bit too too scary a little too dark so but the thing that I like about this and, and you know if you've listened to this I'm I'm an old school Disney dark ride kind of guy and I think between this and then uh, of course uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride which is also um, kind of kind of in the same genre uh, of Snow White's um, Scary Adventures uh, between those two those are kind of the quintessential Disney dark rides I think uh, it's where it all started it's a ride vehicle on a track uh, fairly small small vehicles they hold maybe four or six people um, and you go through uh, essentially a two two-dimensional well, I guess it's technically three-dimensional, but uh, essentially a two-dimensional dark ride where um, it's it's cutouts, um, you know, probably just plywood, to be honest, uh, painted, usually some black lights involved, uh, sometimes some movement, you know, of some of the scenery as you're, you're moving through. Uh, of course, really cool soundtrack, um, relatively short rides generally, um, you know, three to four minutes probably tops. Um, and, uh, and, and those are the kind of rides that just make me think about, um, you know, my first few trips, uh, even though Disney, uh, I'm sorry, Magic Kingdom had been open for probably, probably close to 10 or 11 years by the time uh, we visited the first time, uh, uh, the Snow White's um, Scary Adventures was still there. Um, so was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, and I don't have dates in front of me to, to tell you when those were, were removed or, or redone, but uh, they were definitely there um, when well, the first time that I visited. And so I have really fond memories of both of those rides. Um, just kind of thinking, wow, this is this is what an attraction is. Um, you know, fairly fairly traditional queue for the most part. Um, but a, a traditional dark ride. And so that was kind of how I was brought into the whole Disney attraction world. Um, when you think about the fact that there was only Magic Kingdom and Epcot the first couple of times that I visited, um, you know, that's that's what the attractions were, was was a kind of a, a 2D dark ride sort of thing. So uh, that's um, I have really fond memories of, of those two attractions in Magic Kingdom for sure. Uh, the other one, and this is a similar sort of thing, but a little bit different. Um, I'll be curious to know if any of you remember, uh, called Delta Dream Flight. 
And um, and it actually turned into Dreamflight. By the time I visited, it probably was just Dreamflight. They might have uh, removed the the Delta name from it. In fact, I want to say it was maybe sponsored by it was a different airline at the time maybe continental or something like that um, but anyway dreamflight uses um, or used essentially the same ride path as buzz lightyear space ranger spin right now and dreamflight was a, was a very cool ride um it was it was definitely had a 70s vibe to it and several things have gone into that space um, since dreamflight and delta dreamflight were there uh, but the um uh, idea was that you went into um, an Omnimover um, vehicle and it took you to all these different places in the world that you could fly to. Um, and so, of course, the path, and like I said, I think it even uses the same ride path that Buzz does right now. And so if you sort of picture that in terms of like scenes um, of different parts of the world, places that whatever the airline was that was sponsoring it at the time um, traveled to, uh, usually a lot of their uh, the airline logo, you know, in various places. Uh, it was sort of a combination of um, some 3D uh, like figures. I don't know that there were any animatronics in it necessarily. There might have been one or two, but for the most part, it was like pictures. It was um, video. So there were several um, screens in there, you know, showing clips of different places around the world. And then of course, you know, kind of big, big sets that you traveled through um, as you, um, as you went through. And that was, again, that was one of my first impressions of, um, of a Disney attraction was that. And so, you know, you start to put the, the pieces together here and things like Mr. Toad and Snow White, Delta Dream Flight. Um, those are the things that kind of shaped my, um, you know, my uh, idea of what Disney World was um, at the at the time. Um, so those are kind of those are kind of my top two slash three um, that I remember from from quite a while ago. Um, uh, for the next one, I'll try to get some dates. It might be more interesting if I have some dates here so you can find out uh, or know when they, uh, when the things left. Um, I'm going to save, uh, I'm going to save one of them for the end because it's probably the thing that I miss the most. Um, so the next one I'm going to go to is one that I, for, for all intents and purposes could still be in the park. And I, I know, I understand why they took it out, but um, there's really no reason that it couldn't still be there. I think it would still be really popular. They would have had to have refurbed it and updated it a little bit and maybe added some technology to it. But um, it's a great, it was a great ride. Um, and that's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, it's, uh, it was located over in the area where um, uh, uh, Voyage of the, uh, not Voyage of the Little Mermaid, that's in Hollywood Studios. Uh, uh, no, is it? Yeah, the little thing there back in Fantasyland, right, with the Little Mermaid. Um, it's back. It was back in that area. Probably took up some of the space of Seven Doors Mine Train, but it was essentially a huge lagoon um, that uh, was at the time kind of right across from the Tomorrowland Speedway, and it took up a huge amount of space. Um, kind of on the far side of the lagoon were were big like rock formations, kind of mountainy, rugged kinds of things, and then um, the the ride vehicles were actually. Um, uh, um, the uh, the submarines from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and so uh, you you got into the um, into the ride vehicle, of course, from the top, um, and you went in, and there were there were relatively small seats, but each seat had a portal that you were looking out, and it was an actual window you were looking out into the uh, into you know under underneath the lagoon, 
and through uh, using various effects like bubbles um, and that sort of thing, it made you feel like you were descending down um, into the water. Of course, you never did that. You just you stayed right where you were at and you never really submerged um, any further. But uh, you went around and the whole idea was that you were kind of tracing um, Captain Nemo and, and the crew uh, as they you know collected things from the sea floor. Um, of course, you could hear, uh, you know, playing the playing the organ, um, and then at one point there was a squid attack, uh, and if I remember correctly, the submarine kind of rocked back and forth a little bit. You could see the big squid outside. Um, it wasn't animatronic, I don't believe. It was just kind of a big plastic squid out there that you could see like tentacles and stuff from I do remember um, I do remember being a little bit scared I, I was young enough um, and didn't necessarily like the whole idea of being closed in didn't necessarily like the whole idea of um, you know not being able to get out if I needed to part way through the ride not that you could in a lot of other ones either but um I remember the second time we went back saying, no, I really don't want to do that ride to my parents because of the squid attack. Um, I remember that from the first one. And uh, of course, eventually I did go on it. And um, I have really, really fond memories of, of that ride. And so, um, you know, with some, with some, like I said, with some updating, with some maybe some technological upgrades, um, I think it could still be there. Now, obviously, it's very similar to the one, and I'm not going to be able to tell you where it's at, but there's one that's Nemo-based. Uh, that's the same idea. Maybe is it Tokyo? Um, I don't think it's Disneyland. Maybe it is. I don't remember. Anyway, there's still a very similar ride um, someplace else in the world. But um, this was this was certainly the original. So uh, it took up a lot of space. I'm guessing that's probably why. Um, and anytime you have a ride in water, you know, there are always going to be maintenance issues. Um, I'm sure that taking, you know, those vehicles off the track, putting them back on and maintaining them was was a bigger chore, um, you know, for them than, than a lot of other ride systems. And so uh, it, it took up a lot of real estate, too, back there. And so uh, all they did basically was fill in the lagoon with dirt. Um, and they, they also did, that was around the time probably that they did the, the Fantasyland expansion then, um, and, uh, and put Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and the, um, Little Mermaid stuff. And then, uh, probably around the time that they redid, uh, things into Storybook Circus too. So anyway, that whole area back there, um, as you kind of walk from like Be Our Guest all the way over to Storybook Circus, that's where the, the ride used to be. So, um, and there is actually on the um, Little Mermaid ride in the queue, in some of the rock work, there's a, a shape, um, a, an outline of the Nautilus of the submarine uh, from the movie uh, that you can find if you look in the right place. It's in the standby queue, I believe. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, kind of cool. So that was that was another one that I definitely remember and and uh, and miss. Um, let's see. So now we're going to go uh, a little bit different direction. And one of the, um, one of the other uh, attractions that I really, I really think, um, was, a um, was, was one that again, kind of shaped, you know, how I, um, how I think about things, uh, was probably, um, I would have to, I'm looking at a couple here in my list just to make sure that I, that I hit them. Um, I think probably, well, honestly, let's go a different direction. So here's one that, that I, I really think, um, I really think it, 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 there are a lot of really good memories for me 
um, tied into um, tied into this. Um, and it's a parade, actually. And uh, it's not Main Street Electrical Parade, although I did like that one. But um, the one that I'm uh, going to talk about here is um, Spectro Magic. And Spectro Magic was a parade that um, they had on and off, actually, uh, several times. It left, it came back, it left again. I, it was supposed to come back, or maybe it did come back, but they never used it. It was it was a, a really weird thing there for a few years, probably in the early 2010s. Um, we, we had Main Street Electrical Parade for a while. Um, they sent Spectro Magic out to California, I believe. Um, and then they brought it back, but it, they ended up never actually using it or something like that. Or they did briefly. I don't remember. Anyway, Spectro Magic was an amazing nighttime parade. Um, if you're if you're really nostalgic, the Main Street Electrical Parade might be a little bit better. But um, I've seen both many times. I, I really have um, a place in my heart for Spectro Magic. Um, there are a lot of good memories that I have attached to that parade and watching that parade. Um and I think, I think more than anything, it's the soundtrack. Um, I, I even get a little a little choked up when I when I listen to the soundtrack. It's fairly easy to find online. Um, but I just I I just it's it's a great parade. Um, the whole idea is a little quirky, um, and some of the outfits and costumes were a little a little strange too. Um, but but there's a a great story behind it. You know, in terms of. Um, you know, Mickey being able to, uh, being able to spread his magic through the use of color and light. Uh, and, and that's essentially what it was all about. And, uh, some of the, the creatures in it were sort of, uh, were, were magical creatures. And some of them were, you know, obviously um, Disney, you know, IPs and, and movie characters and, and that sort of thing. But, um, it, it was a great parade. They updated it at one point, um, kind of redid it, um, you know, uh, um, sort of brought some brought some new technology into it um you know originally it was light bulbs eventually it became some fiber optics uh, but you know both of those parades actually the nighttime parades well daytime parades too but um the nighttime parades um uh mainstream electrical parade and spectrum magic were were some of the ones that debuted some of that that place-based technology um the radio frequency technology that they used to cue music um, and, and those were, those parades were really the first time that, that Disney entertainment used those. Um, I've, I've read about it. I'll probably get this wrong, but, uh, there are some antennas that, that come off of the castle and, uh, that communicate with the floats. Um, there's also some, there are also some, uh, some things in the, the road, uh, in the street, um, and between all of those pieces, they're communicating and making sure that the soundtrack goes with whatever float is there, make sure that everything is timed correctly. Um, and so some, I mean, that technology at the time was, you know, groundbreaking and took up, you know, huge rooms of, uh, of space in terms of, um, computers and that kind of thing. But, uh, really, really cool, um, nighttime parade. I, that's the one thing, you know, if, and I think I'm, I'm not alone here. I think if Disney were to say to, to fans, um, you know, what, what's the one thing that you would want to see in the parks right now? Um, I think that would be definitely in the top five, if not the top one or two is a nighttime parade. Um, just because it's, it's, it's a really cool way to, um, you know, to spend your, your evening and and I'm not going to lie. It does make it easier to get around the park when there's no, no nighttime parade, but, um, yeah. So that's, that's probably my number four is, um, is Spectro Magic. Um, if I had to go down to number five then, cause I don't think, I think that's about all the actual like attractions, um, that, 
that have left. I mean, there are a lot of changes, you know. Um, you know, obviously there have been updates and refurbishments to the Haunted Mansion and to Pirates and and what have you. Um, I, I think maybe the only other one as I look through this list here that I would mention would probably be, now this is going to be an odd one to, to say, um, would probably be um, uh, the Mission uh, mission to Mars, Stitch's Great Escape, um, uh, Alien Encounters. Um, I never, the reason I say that is because I never actually, <laughs> I never actually did any of them um because uh because it's i i don't like being i don't like being frightened in that kind of way <laughs> especially when they were there i was younger um and such a great escape was there not that long ago but um especially like alien encounter i was just too young for it at the time i didn't want to put myself through that the reason that i think it kind of goes in the top top 5 or so list though is because it has such a such a notoriety and kind of a fan fan base fan in quotation marks. I don't know if there are people that really love it, but everybody likes talking about it. Um, everybody likes the whole idea that original Alien Encounter was really scary, um, and for it being kind of the first show like that, I think. Um, I, once you did it once, I don't think there was a whole lot of return factor, which is probably why it went away and Stitch went away and whatever else. Because um, once you knew what was coming, then you know you sort of lose some of the um, some of the intrigue, I guess. But um, I think it definitely deserves to be on the list there someplace, just because of its notoriety and uh, and the popularity that it had. I think at the time as being a really unique kind of attraction, where you're going in here, it's not a ride, you're not moving around, um, but yet there's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of um, you know at that time technology uh, to make you think certain things were happening, um, and and just a really unique thing. And I mean, I heard stories of people coming out of there that were just petrified. Um, uh, you know, and even after it was done and you knew what, you know, kind of had happened. Um, yeah, so definitely deserves to be on the list of, of, uh, of most missed, uh, attractions, not necessarily by me, uh, but, um, definitely by some people. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, that's kind of the list. And I think, you know, I think especially some of those dark rides, you know, they were replaced by, by things that weren't bad. I should mention that. Um, you know, um, I'm going to get this wrong, but one of them, either Snow White or uh, Mr. Toad was replaced by, um, Winnie the Pooh, which I like. It's the same idea, right? Um, I like that. One of them, I believe was where PhilharMagic was. Is that right? Um, or is, um, I think that's right. Anyway, uh, they were all kind of right there on the, on the middle of Fantasyland strip there, but, uh, yeah, those are definitely the ones that that I remember, and the ones that um, have have sort of had a, a place in in my coming to appreciate the Disney parks as much as I do. Um, the other thing I'll mention here, as as I kind of talk about it, I realize, you know, there haven't been. I mean, there are a lot of attractions listed here that aren't there anymore, but at the same time, like a lot of them listed here, like shows. Um, uh, there were some there were some shows over in Tomorrowland in the eighties. Uh, there's actually a theater. It's not there anymore. They just took it out not too many years ago. But there was a theater over between Carousel of Progress. Is that true? 
Yeah, Carousello Progress, I think, and um, Buzz Lightyear over where Buzz does the meet and greet now. Uh, that actually was an entrance to a theater, and they had several different shows there. Um, they had one called Mickey's Starland Show that was there, and they did a lot of other ones. Um, but they used that as a you know kind of a place to funnel people, and I think eventually just uh, you know ran out of um, the desire or the money to pay entertainment to you know do those kinds of big shows. Uh, and moved him probably to the to the castle stage, I'm guessing. Um, so there are a lot of things like that on the list. Um, some meet and greets, you know, that don't take place anymore. Uh, some kind of things like play uh, play spots and uh, that that aren't there anymore. Um, some kind of time based things. So like there were some things around the uh, the 30th anniversary and the 20th anniversary uh, that that happened. Celebrated Dreamcom two parades, so different kinds of parades, day parades that um, have come and gone. Um, the, the Plaza Swan boats, that's one that I never got to experience. I think those were gone by the time I started going, uh, down there. So I'm not sure they must not have been around for more than eight or 10 years, but the, they used to have swan boats, um, that went around the moat, uh, there and you could get on, I think over, over kind of by the Plaza restaurant over on that side where, um, the Tomorrowland Terrace, uh, restaurant is right now. Um, yeah, so, Um, yeah, so I think that's, I'd be curious to know if there's anything missing from that conversation. It seems like there should be, but maybe not. Um, I think we've kind of talked about a lot of the big ones. So curious to see of those, you know, are there any that you, uh, in particular miss, or if there's anything that I, that I didn't mention, um, that you, um, that you wish was still there, let me know. Um, kind of an interesting thing to think about, um, you know, how, how it changes. And of course that was always Walt's. Walt's thing was that it was never meant to to be static and not change. That it was always meant to um, to to change and reflect, um, you know, whatever it was that made people happy at the time. So, um, anyway, if we can just get them open back up, that would that would be wonderful, right? Uh, all right, I think we'll leave it there for um, for now. Uh, again, hit me up on Twitter or um, uh, Instagram and let me know what you think. Um, I've, I haven't been posting a whole lot. I've been a little bit busy with work uh, the last um, few days here, but um, hopefully be able to start posting some other things and um, kind of get back into, into a groove. So um, with any events, uh, remember to visit parksmagicforone.life uh, where you can find all of our episodes listed. Uh, so you can go in and click on just one about a certain topic that you want to. Very easy to navigate. Very nice. Um, subscribe to the Parks Magic for One podcast wherever you listen. That might be Anchor FM, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, or Radio Public. Um, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you're doing well. Our next podcast will air this coming Thursday. This is Eric Hall. Take care, friend. Go make some magic for yourself. Mm-hmm.